Cheat Podcast. My name is Jeff Dowling. This is the second um, episode of our bonus episodes that we're doing on the 1776 report. If you have not uh, listened to the introduction, I encourage you to do so. Go back. This one is entitled The Meaning of the Declaration. The United States of America is in most respects a nation like any other. It embraces a people who inhabit a territory governed by laws administered by human beings. Like other countries, our country has borders, resources, industries, cities, and towns, farms, and factories, homes, schools, and houses of worship. And although a relatively young country, its people have shared a history of common struggle and achievement from carving communities out of a vast, untamed wilderness to winning independence and forming a new government through wars, industrialization, waves of immigration, technological progress, and political change. In other respects, however, the United States is unusual. It is a republic, that is to say, its government was designed to be directed by the will of the people rather than the wishes of a single individual or a narrow class of elites. Republicanism is an ancient form of government, but one uncommon throughout the history, in part because of its fragility, which has tended to make republics short-lived. Contemporary Americans tend to forget how historically rare republicanism has been, in part because of the success of republicanism in our time, which is derived in no small part from the very example and success of America. In two decisive respects, the United States of America is unique. First, it has a definitive birthday, July 4th, 1776. Second, it declares from the moment of its founding not merely the principles on which this, its new government will be based. It asserts these principles to be true and universal, quote, applicable to all men and all times, unquote, as Lincoln said. Other nations may have birthdays. For instance, what would eventually evolve into the French Republic was born in 1789 when Parisi- Pari- Parisians stormed a Haiti prison and launched the downfall of the French monarchy and its aristocratic regime. The People's Republic of China was born in 1949 when Mao Zedong's Chinese Communist Party defeated the nationalists in the Chinese Civil War. But France and China as nations, as people, and cultures inhibiting inhabiting specific territories stretched back centuries and even millennia over the course of many governments. There was no United States of America before July 4, 1776. There was not yet formally speaking an American people. There was there were instead living in the 13 British colonies in North America some two and a half million subjects of a distant king. Those subjects became became a people by declaring themselves such and then by winning the independence they had asserted asserted as their right. They made the, that assertion on the basis of principle, not blood or kinship or what we today might call ethnicity. Yet this fact must be properly understood, as John Jay explained in Federalist Two. Providence has been pleased, has been placed, has been pleased to give the, this one com- connected country to one united people, a people descended from the same ancestors, speaking the same language, professing the same religion, attached to the same principles of government, very similar in their manners and customs, and who by their joint councils, arms, and efforts, fighting side by side throughout a long and bloody war, have nobly established general liberty and independence. 
Yet, as Jay and all of the, all the founders well knew, the newly formed American people were not quite as homogeneous in ancestry, language, or religion as this statement would seem to assert. They were neither wholly English, nor wholly Protestant, nor wholly Christian. Some other basis would have to be found and asserted to bind the new people together and to which they would remain attached if they were to remain a people. That basis was the assertion of universal and eternal principles of justice and political legitimacy. But this, too, was, must be qualified. Note that Jay lists six factors binding the American people together, of which principle is only one. The most important or decisive one, but still only one, and insufficient by itself. The American founders understood that for republicanism to function and endure, a republic people must share a large measure of commonality in manners, customs, language, and dedication to the common good. All states, all governments make some claim to legitimacy. That is an argument for why their existence and specific form are justified. Some dismiss all such claims to legitimacy as false, advanced to fuel the to fool the ruled into believe, behaving that their rulers' actions are justified when, in fact, those actions only serve the private interests of a few. But no actual government understands itself this way, much less makes such a criminal, cynical claim in public. All actual governments, rather, understand themselves as just and assert a public claim as to why. At the time of the American founding, the most widespread claim was a form of the divine right of kings, that is to say, the assertion that God appoints some men or some families to rule and cons consigns the rest to be ruled. The American founders rejected that claim, and as the 18 charges leveled against King George and the Declaration of Independence make clear, our founder founders considered the British government of the time to be oppressive and unjust. They had no wish to replace the arbitrary government of one tyrant with that of another. More fundamentally, having cast off their political connections to England, our founders needed to state a new principle of political legitimacy for their new government. As the Declaration of Independence puts it, a, quote, decent respect in the opinions of mankind, unquote, required them to explain themselves and justify their actions. They did not merely wish to assert that they disliked virtual and so were replacing it with something they, they liked better. They wished to say the justification for their actions and for the government to which it would give birth. That is both true and moral. Moral because it is faithful to the truth about things. Such a justification could only be found in the precepts of nature, specifically human nature, accessible to the human mind, but not subject to the human will. These precepts whether understood as created by God or simply as eternal, are given that man did not bring into being and cannot change. Hence, the Declaration speaks of both the laws of nature and the natures of God. Nature of God, it appeals to both reason and revelation as the foundation of the underlying truth of the document claims and for the legitimacy of these of this new nation. The core assertion of the Declaration and the basis of the Founders' political thought is that all men are created equal. From the principle of equality, the requirement for consent naturally follows. If all men are equal, then some may be right, right rule another without the, his consent. The, that assertion 
that all men are created equal must also be properly understood. It does not mean that all human beings are equal in wisdom, courage, or any other, the other virtues and talents that God and nature distributed unevenly among the human race. It means rather that human beings are equal in the sense that they are not by nature divided and cast, which natural rulers and rules. Thomas Jefferson liked to paraphrase the Republican political thinker Algernon Sidney, quote, the mass of mankind have not been born with saddles on their backs, nor a favored few booted and spurred, ready to ride them legitimately by the grace of God, unquote. Superiority of talent, even superior, a superior ability to rule, is not a divine or natural title of warrant to rule. George Washington Shirley, one of the noblest statesmen who ever lived, never made such an outlandish claim, and indeed, vehemently rejected such assertions made by others about him. As Abraham Lincoln would later explain, there was no urgent need for the founders to insert into a, quote, merely revolutionary document, unquote, this, quote, abstract truth applicable to all men at all times, unquote. They could simply have told the British king they were separate and left it at that. But they enlarged the scope of the Declaration so that its principles would serve as a, quote, rebuke and stumbling block to the very harbingers of reappearing tyranny and oppression, unquote. The finality of the truth that, quote, all men are created equal was intended to make impossible any return to formal or legal inequality, whether to whether to older forms such as absolute monarchy or hereditary aristocracy or as, as yet un unimagined forms we have seen in more recent times. Natural equality requires not only the consent of the government, but also the recognition of fundamental human rights, including but not limited to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as well as the fundamental duty of, or obligation of all to respect the rights of others. These rights are found in nature and are not created by man or government. Rather, men create governments to secure natural rights. Indeed, the very purpose of government is to secure these rights, which exist independently of government, whether a government recognizes them or not. A bad government may deny or ignore natural rights and even prevent their exercise in the real world, but it can never negate or eliminate them. The principles of the Declaration are unique and eternal, yet they were asserted by a specific people for a specific purpose in a specific circumstance. The general principles stated in the document explain and justify the Founders' particular actions in breaking off from Great Britain, and also explain the principles upon which they would build their new government. These principles apply to all men, but the Founders acted to acted to secure only American rights and not those of all mankind. The world is still and will always be divided into nations, not of all of which respect the rights of their people, though they should. We confront finally the difficulty that the eternal principles elucidated in the Declaration were stated and became the basis for an actual government only a relatively short time ago. Yet, if these principles are both eternal and accessible to the humankind, human mind, they were they, they, why were they not discovered and acted upon before 1776? In a sense, the precepts of the American founders were known to prior thinkers, but those thinkers stated them in entirely different terms to fit the different political and intellectual circumstances of their time. For instance, ancient philosopher, philosophers appear to teach that wisdom is a genuine title to rule and that is it, that in a decisive respect all men are not created equal, yet they also teach that it is all but impossible for any actual living man to obtain genuine wisdom, even if wisdom is a 
legitimate title or rule. If perfect wisdom is unattainable by any living, then no man is by right the ruler or of any other except by their consent. More fundamentally, by the time of the American founding, political life in the West had <clears throat> undergone two momental changes. The first was that the, the, that the uh, sundering of civil from religious law with the advent and widespread adoption of Christianity. The second momentous change was the emergence of multiple denominations within Christianity that undid Christian unity and in turn greatly undermined political unity. Religious differences between sources of political conflict became sources of political conflict and war. As discussed further in Appendix 2, it was in response to these fundamental new circumstances that the American founders developed the principles of religious liberty. While the founders' principles are both true and eternal, they cannot be understood without also understanding that they were formulated by practical men to solve real problems. For the founders' solution to these problems, we must turn to the Constitution. That is in the Section 2. Section 3, which we will do later, is a Constitution of Principles. Thank you, and I'll talk to you later. Formed by uh, President Trump in September of 2020. And the purpose of the commission was to enable a rising generation to understand history and principles of the founding of the United States in 1776 and to strive to form a more perfect union. The This was really a response to the 1619 report that came out in the New York Times, which basically said our country was founded in 1619, and that's when the first slaves were brought over, and the our country was terrible because that we led the way in slavery across the world, and that our country is formed on slavery. And so the president formed this commission to give a more correct version of our of our founding and what our founding fathers intended. And the report was released in January, um, actually January 18, 2021, and was removed on January 21st by President Biden just as soon as he came into office. So you can still get the report out there in a PDF form in multiple formats and multiple locations. But I thought I would start and just create an, an audio record of the report that people could easily listen to at their convenience and just get another way to get this report shared out there to the masses because I think it's something that's very important and that we need to continue to educate our children about the true history and founding of our country. So we're going to start with the introduction today and we're going to work through the report over the next few weeks uh, section by section. So here we go. In the course of human events, there have always been those who deny or reject human freedom, but Americans will never falter in defending the fundamental truths of human liberty proclaimed on July 4th, 1776. We will, we must always hold these truths. The declared purpose of the President's Advisory 1776 Commission is to enable a rising generation to understand the history and principles of the founding of the United States in 1776 and to strive to form a more perfect union. This requires a restoration of American education, which can only be grounded on a history of those principles that is accurate, 
honest, unifying, inspiring, and ennobling. And a rediscovery of our shared identity rooted in our founding principles is the path to a renewed American unity and a confident American future. The Commission's first responsibility is to produce a report summarizing the principles of the American founding and how those principles have shaped our country. That can only be done by truthfully recounting the aspirations and actions of the men and women who sought to build America as a shining city on a hill, an exemplary nation, one that protects the safety and promotes the happiness of its people as an example to be admired and emulated by nations of the world that wish to steer their government toward greater liberty and justice. The record of our founders striving and the record of, of our founders striving and the nation they built is our shared inheritance and, a, and remains a beacon, as Abraham Lincoln said, not for one people or one time, but for all people for all time. Today, however, Americans are deeply divided about the meaning of their country, its history, and how it should be governed. The, this division is severe enough to call to mind the disagreements between the colonists and King George and those between the Confederate and Union forces in the Civil War. They amount to a dispute over not only the history of our country, but also its present purpose and future direction. The facts of our founding are not partisan. They are a matter of history. Controversies about the meaning of the founding can begin, begin to be resolved by looking at the facts of our nation's founding. Properly understood, these facts address the concerns and aspirations of Americans of all, na- of all social classes, income levels, races, and religions, regions, and walks of life. As well, these facts provide necessary and wise cautions against unrealistic hopes and checks against pressing partisan claims of utopian agendas too hard or too far. The principles of the American founding can be learned by studying the abundant documents contained in the record. Read fully and carefully. They show how the American people have ever pursued freedom and justice, which are the political conditions for living well. To learn the history is to become a better person, a better citizen, and a better partner in the American experiment of self-government. Comprising actions by imperfect human brings, the American story has its share of missteps, errors, contradictions, and wrongs. These wrongings have always met resistance from the clear principles of the nation, and therefore our history is far more one of self-sacrifice, courage, and nobility. America's principles are named at the outset to be both universal, applying to everyone, and eternal, existing for all time. The remarkable American story unfolds under and becomes of these great principles. Of course, neither America nor any other nation has perfectly lived up to universal truths of equality, liberty, justice, and government by consent. But no nation before America ever dared state these tru- those truths as a formal basis for its politics, and none has strived harder or done more to achieve them. Lincoln aptly described the American government's fundamental principles as a standard maximum for free society, which should be familiar to all and revered by all, constantly looked to, constantly labored for, and even though never perfectly attained, constantly approximated. But the very attempt to attain them, every attempt to attain them, would Lincoln constantly spread and deepen the influence of these these principles and augment the happiness and value of life to all people of all colors everywhere. The story of America is a story of a struggle. 
The President's Advisory 1776 Commission presents this first report with the intention of cultivating a better education among Americans in the principles and history of our nation and in hope that a rediscovery of of those principles in the forms of constitutional government will lead to a more perfect union. Next episode will be The Meaning of the Declaration.